It's been a long time since the cappuccino was fashionable. We go to one of those uh, cappuccino places. Cappuccino. Practice situational awareness next time you're at the gas station. So, Ryan, welcome to Gas Station Cappuccino. This is the Caffeine and Kilos podcast. Um, Danny and Dean could explain briefly what Gas Station Cappuccino stands for <laughs> or why they called it that. Yeah, I mean, we called it that. It was funny because we, we wanted it to be pretty, like, you know, informative, but also loose-formed kind of podcast, right? Which is, you know, like a lot, most podcasts, but and the name just kind of, like, was funny to us, and that's kind of why we picked it. Lighthearted. It's, like, it's lighthearted. Like, you know, it's like it... It gets the job done kind of vibe, right? Like you go to the gas station, you're on a road trip, you, you go hit that gas station cappuccino machine. It's going to get you going. Is yeah. it the, the best in like the top of the line? No, but it, 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 gets the job going. <laughs> it does the job. Does um, the for, job. Those, for our listeners, we're talking to Ryan Fisher today. If you don't know who Ryan Fisher is, look him up at Ryan Fish on Instagram or Chalk Training Performance. I've been watching this guy's stuff for quite some time, so I have a boatload of questions for you um former Please. male former male stripper former crossfit games athlete let's start with that. <laughs> business owner extraordinaire yeah let's start with that <laughs> let's start with that uh, I've, I've said that all along when we get to episode 142 we're talking stripping straight out the gate so uh ryan uh former why former you know what i mean and uh I, what's, what's the story there i never actually got to the point where i was on stage stripping but i did all of the pre-qualifications to be a stripper because at the time um it was basically when i had lost everything trying to like make crossfit work for me as a career so i i moved from utah at the time i was on the olympic bobsled and skeleton team for wow. like five years and then i moved to san diego i worked at a crossfit gym me and the owner like didn't really see eye to eye because i was supposed to be like the manager and make all the workouts and all that stuff um, and then like, there's just a lot of micromanaging kind of going on. And then one day I was like, dude, I'm out of here. Like, fuck this. I thought I'd be able to get a job super easily. I didn't. Um, and then, you know, as my funds became a little bit less and less, I found myself basically like with no money at all. And, um, but essentially I was, you got that, I wound body. Up, Not that dick. <laughs> I wound up sleeping on some girl's couch that I didn't even know. It was just some girl from the gym that I was working out at. She just offered her couch to me because everybody in the gym liked me. And she's like, I'm just going to give you a place to stay. I feel bad. Nobody wants you to leave. Um, I'm not really home all that much anyway. So she's like, you can just crash on the couch. I thought at nice. most it would be like, it would be like a month, but it was like four months. Yeah. And, you know, not to make all of a sudden make this podcast go from funny to like sad as fuck. But like every day I used to just like literally like cry myself to sleep. I just be like, dude, like. That's rough. I think, like, this, just, all good. I think this is every story that people get into stripping. This is how it starts. <laughs> it's probably pretty, pretty accurate. But, and, and to be fair also too, I mean, at, at that point in CrossFit too, right? What, what year are we talking about? 2015, 2000, what, what year, what, what, what year was this? 2014 earlier? Probably like 14, 15 range. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like even at CrossFit at that point, wasn't a very lucrative place to be right so this there wasn't no. a ton of sponsorship money being thrown out to you know top level competitors it was kind of like yeah i'm kind of going in all of this thing and hopefully it pays off in a few years when the sport grows like kind of shit yeah. so I, before doing this going start off stripping might as well go full in so was this before or after you threatened to kill the judge this was before i think yeah i'd say it was before yeah so basically at this point 
I'm just like, fuck, this sucks. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Should I go back to school and get a different career? Should like, right. should I do this? Should I do that? But it was like, man, I just like liked it so much. And it's like part of me just felt like if I just kept with it, like something cool would happen eventually. Sure, sure. But anyway, I'm working out in the gym one day on Garnet Avenue in downtown San Diego. Well, it's actually Pacific Beach, San Diego, which is close to downtown. Mm-hmm. And this guy walks by while I'm training like late at night, like 9 p.m. And he just walks by and he just comes in and he's just like, damn, like you have one hell of a body. And I just was like, thank you. It was thank like you. super, it was like <laughs> yeah, super, super weird. Thanks, bro. Yeah, what else do you say, you know? Sick, yeah. thanks, bro. Yeah. I didn't know who he was or what he was getting at. I just thought he was a weirdo. And then he's just yeah. like, he's like, I own a club that like you destroy. And I was like, oh, well, how much money exactly are we talking about here? And he's like, oh, you'd make like 500 bucks a night easy. And I was like, oh my God, let's go. Like, I don't even care. Yeah. So he gives gives me a business card. Keep in mind, I keep saying he. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. The next day I go to the, uh, the place where he like, all the dancing yeah it's like it's not the bar it's not like it's not the bar or the actual place it's like an office mm. and he shows up at the front i'm like standing there with a the secretary and he shows up and he's a woman he's like complete drag queen uh, and i'm like oh because i didn't understand it was him at first he's like hey i'm the guy from yesterday i was like oh shit and then um we did like a few of these meetings probably, i probably went there like three times to do like these insane dance choreography things I had to learn. It was like, I had never been so low in my life. Cause like, not only am I just like blatantly white, I just have like no dance moves, no rhythm (laughs) at all. Like I'm just brutal. I can't even watch myself try to dance. So (laughs) I'm like, I have to do this. Yeah. I even had, I had to give this guy like lap dances. It was fucking brutal. Oh yeah. Um, Hell yeah. But uh, you know, then, and, you know what though? That's uh, well, that's interesting in. because yeah, that's all in. That's a learning experience. I also love how he did the whole flip flop on you and just like expected you to just like understand what was going on. Like that, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually have a little stripping experience myself. Uh, yeah. Is uh, my sister in law? It was one of her best friends was getting married, and they're doing this like bachelorette party for her. But she um, was this total square. Right. Like total square, didn't really drink, didn't, you know, virgin getting married, this whole thing. And so my sister-in-law is like, hey, dude, check this out. Um, Because that's just like the bachelorette party looks like a girl's hanging out in the apartment, having some drinks, playing fucking Uno or something. I don't know. Playing pin so, the penis on the pin, uh, donkey. Yeah. Pin, pin the, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's before, it's before, um, you know, the, the eggplant was the thing. Other pin the eggplant. Yeah. Anyway. So she's like, hey, I need you to come in here, dress like a stripper. Right. And like fake this thing, like come in there and like get right at like say something, like get right up to her. And then just like, is there any shake, fires to put out yeah, in here? It's like shake her hand and like introduce herself and then like hang out and make us drinks. I'm like, all right. And so just like a gag. So I went in as construction worker. So jeans, you know, wife beater, boots. You know, yeah, bring I don't know up. if you can call them wife beaters anymore. I'm not really sure. What do, what do you call them? Rib, a ribbed. <laughs> I think it's called, I think tank, it's a white I think it's a, a guinea tea now. A gu- guinea, guinea sounds pretty <laughs> off-putting. I'm not sure that's more, uh, but anyway. So I'm Italian, I can say. It. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, so I go in there at the radio thing, and I just put it down. It was, uh, I got like a tool belt on. I'm like, hey, there's someone next needs to get nailed one last time before getting married, right? And then just walk up and 
she was beat red and bears freaking out like she's trying to fucking leave right and that's introduced myself as Kara's brother-in-law and then went behind the bar and made drinks oh huh nice i got further muted sounds like it seems it seems considerably less embarrassing and demoralizing <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's mine mine was not preceded by nights of crying myself to sleep yeah, um, it was it was tough Ryan's- so you go you have that experience and then fast forward uh to what, what got you out of that uh that that spot i guess let's not go too oh far. yeah what what's so like what what what, what so you change you your name you, you your got mind. to that and you got to that point but then it never progressed like did something come up right then that was yeah. like or what right point was the money not worth it right like what was the the tipping point so literally the next week like i was gonna go this was like on a, on a particular weekend and then the next weekend i was like actually ready to like go to the bar and like do my That's thing meet swing in time so that particular weekend some of the guys at the gym had like entered me into this OC throwdown event online. Mm-hmm. And I wound up getting some of the best scores like in the world. And I wound up qualifying for the event. And then I didn't have enough money to actually go to the event because it was 200 bucks. So some people in the gym, like helped me out. I got to go to the event. I got like second place and I beat like, you know, two of the guys that were on the podium at the CrossFit games the year before. Sure. And then all of a sudden that was when it was like, okay, like, this guy's pretty serious, but not only was it like this guy's serious. It was like, I was like literally a homeless kid. That was literally like all my workout videos. I was barefoot. Like I didn't have any fucking shoes. I mean, like it's Seven almost rocks. like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like the story that you hear your grandpa say. That's like a joke, but it was like my actual <laughs> life. Like Rudy. Like a so Rudy is this, if I remember right. So you, you lived with Kenny leverage for a while, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Right. So we went to, we stopped by, and visited with Kenny one time. You weren't there. Um, the, I remember the living room had a rower and a lamp. Oh yeah, I think that was, that was it. That was the entirety of all of the furniture <laughs> in the living room. Wait, wait, when in doubt, dude, hop on that rower, dude. T two rower and a lamp. That was it. That's all you need. Fuck, I forgot about that. And Kenny, Kenny's like, uh, we're just hanging out, and he's like, hey. So we didn't really know him that well. We were in uh, Arizona for something. Charlie and I were and. Uh, we were friends with Noah Olson. We're driving back through, driving back home to Northern California from Arizona. And we're like, hey, Noah, who should we know? Who do we need to meet? And like, that's going to like somewhere in Southern California on our drive back. And he's like, oh, dude, you should meet up with Kenny. And then he just called Kenny and told him we were coming. And then Kenny's like, yeah, dude, come over. And then he invited yeah. us in. And there's like nowhere to. And so, so then Kenny sounds like, about right. Oh man, I don't really know how to snatch. Like that's something I'm terrible at. And like, oh dude, I'll teach you that. Like I've been teaching people how to do that for a long time. And so then he grabbed an actual broom because uh, he couldn't twist the end off. And we had to go outside because uh, I think the lamp like was the light bulb was out in it or something. <laughs> so we went out front under the porch light and I like, taught him how to snatch like holding a broom under the porch light in front of that house. Bro story of the road. It was like the funniest thing. But I think, yeah, uh, you live there and there's one other guy. Oh, weightlifter. Chris. Gow- yeah, Chris, Chris something. No. I forget Goots. his last name. Chris Goots. Yeah. Goots. Chris Goots. Yeah, you live for Cal Strength. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, wild child, wild child. Anyway, yeah, that was an interesting experience. So you you qualify for OC Throwdown, you get second place. Then what happens? I got a bunch of sponsors um, that gave me some money, like Progenix, some other bigger companies at the time, and then I wound up getting a job in downtown LA with Ronnie Teasdale. If you guys remember him, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You talking time. about Rob? <laughs> oh, dude. So, I'm- 
uh, the new Ronnie, uh, I still follow. So I'm still on the Ronnie. I'm never going to unfollow that guy. Uh, that's amazing. Awesome. That's a journey. Awesome. Someone's been here drinking piss on their Instagram story. I'm watching. I'm in it. I'm into it. <laughs> was, was Ronnie I, the one who wore jean shorts all the time? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Such an Meme interesting. And they were all yeah, shredded right. up. They were all shredded up. Yeah, I love that name. That's a great gym name, by the way. Mean Streets. That's a great name. The, the gym was unreal. It was such a cool gym. Like, so many people just missed out on going there and like uh like yeah. if, if if crossfit as a brand didn't hate me and ronnie so much <laughs> like they could have gotten so much good content it was literally an, an 1800s hotel lobby was the gym and it was wow. like it was the coolest fucking thing you have ever seen in your life and you weren't allowed to drop weights because if you did it would go through the floor into the basement so it was like absolutely terrifying if you clean if you clean and jerk like 275 yeah. Like, and that was your PR. You literally had to like slowly like push it down and then bring it down. Like, it was, it was like insane. I make you super strong though. Well, you All that, 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 uh, oh. eccentric. Exactly. Yeah. Time and retention there. So is that when you fell in love with the eccentric loading? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was literally a time where I just, I realized that. I was just doing something that I really liked to do at the time because living in downtown LA, I absolutely hated like the gym itself. I absolutely hated. It's only funny to look back now because it's such a piece yeah. of shit gym. Like sure. I can't, I can't even tell you like if, if you ever got like ever got like a cut on your hands, I would instantly get like staph infections because it was so fucking disgusting. <laughs> like I, I can't even tell you the amount of stories of like, all the crazy shit we would do. Like we would literally take barbells with like 135 pounds and walk around the block outside. And like people in business suits, like trying to walk by, they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and like, I remember like walking in the back door and there'd be like homeless people like jerking off. Like, I mean, dude, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen like, I've seen horrific things. I've literally seen a guy, he had his hand up against the back door, leaning over, just jerking off straight into the building. There's another account where I saw... It's got, it's got to go somewhere. I, I saw two homeless guys wearing trash bags, banging another homeless chick together. So a trash bag, a homeless gang bang. Trash, Dude, trash seen, bag gang bang. Yeah, trash bag Eiffel Tower. <laughs> That's a sick classic, name. That's a t-shirt. That's just classic LA alley shit. You know, and then the, the number one thing that really blew me away during that's the what whole, we should name the should name the podcast that trash bag. <laughs> that's a fire name. Actually, I got two more. Two more. <laughs> one, Ronnie Ronnie built like a really impressive Olympic lifting platform in the back of the gym for the competitors to like actually drop weight. Yeah, and sure, he like not. he made he made it super super thick, like super absorbent, and it was like the only place you could do it at all. So one day we're, it's like eight o'clock in the morning, maybe we're doing clean and jerks, me and this one guy, Dave in the back. And this guy comes up from in the basement and comes up and then walks in. He's a homeless person and his hair is all fucked up and shit. And he's like, yo, what are you guys doing? I'm trying to sleep downstairs. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you downstairs? I'm like, how'd you even get down there? <laughs> Squatters, right? apparently Ron ronnie tells us that he lets all these homeless people into the basement so they can sleep because he felt bad for them meanwhile oh, none funny. of us none of us knew that so this guy comes up and like yells at me for clean and jerking i'm like he's he's like parts of the floor are falling on my head i'm like oh my god this is insane <laughs> and then the, the very oh, last man. 
the very last one I have for you is at like 6 a.m. During the 6 a.m. class every day, there would be some chick who would walk by the front of the, of the gym. Uh, we had the big garage door and she would walk straight in front of the door every day, squat down into a full squat, stare inside the gym and scream and take a shit at the same time. Unbelievable. <laughs> every like on like every day on schedule. Like fucking every day, dude. And oh it was God. I mean, that's pretty good being that regular, especially being homeless and everything else. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, we were we were one block away from Skid Row. So it was just like one right. of those. Yep. It was insane. Uh, I remember being down there. I got a homeless homeless guy outside a CrossFit gym story in uh, Puerto Vallarta. So we were down in uh, Puerto Vallarta, and I'm going to go to the local CrossFit gym, go in the early class, you know, and it's supposed to start at 6, and I'm there at 5.55, and, of course, the doors are locked. Um, you know, the time, start times are a little more loose some some places you know, around <laughs> the world, you know? And sure. so, uh, anyway, and it's, like, barely dawn. Like, sun is just kind of cresting up. You know, it's kind of a little dark, barely seeing. And I see some coming up pretty far away. I'm like, oh, maybe this is the person opening the gym. They're, you know, pretty pretty big, but, like, pretty fit looking. You know, like, like big, like, big strong arms and everything. Yeah. Gets a little closer, and I realize that it's a transvestite. Right. Nice. And, um, okay, well, this person, um, because the, the heels tipped me off. That was the first thing. Like, and they like, strapped all the, ah, all the yeah. knee and everything. And I was like, oh, and oh, that is. Yeah, anyway, that'll do it. Short, short, short jean shorts, though, and T-shirt. And it uh, doesn't say anything. Just like walks by. No big deal. Clearly a, a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever. Walks by. And then just about 10 feet past me, turns around and goes, hey, hey. And I turn around and go, yeah, hey, what, what's up? Sexo? <laughs> said, uh, no, 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 thanks. No, I'm just going to work out. <laughs> no, 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 thanks. Uh, okay and then i turned around and kept walking you know Not very pushy and i was thinking yeah and also i was like i mean when funny when uh when the walk by also it was like very like head down look kind of sad you know i mean looked like 6 a.m sun crusting up you know had a had a long night yeah. prostitute yeah. transvestite prostitute walking by is exactly what it was and exactly what it looked like anyway but it's funny i got about 10, 10 feet past me and then i think just decided like fuck it might as well ask you know anyway i said no no, no thanks okay Turn around, watch away. I, yeah, like, I decided to come back. Then I was thinking, man, like if I said yes, we're talking like six a.m. <laughs> like that's a that's a rough start to the day. Ah, oh, dude, that's like know? that's like taking like a quad shot express. I'm like, I'll get your day going. <laughs> <laughs> but it probably just, it probably just assumed like her that it just, it wasn't the day starting. It was the previous day hadn't ended yet. You know, yeah, you know what they say when in when when in Puerto Vallarta. It was a, it was an experience. Yeah. It's almost like she had her pick oh. though, because she's looking at a CrossFit gym with everyone with their shirt off, and she goes up to who she actually maybe wants. Oh, no one else was there yet. This was, I was still oh, waiting for the doors to be open. It was like, now it's like a couple minutes past six. Anyway, whatever. Oh, it was nice. all fine. It nice. wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, all right. So a lot of things happened between, between then and current day. However, something interesting is uh, right now you, you're, you know, CrossFit chalk and chalk performance, call that chalk performance uh, is doing well with online programming. I'm um, talking about posts uh, or on looking at one of your posts, you mentioned, you know, doing, you know, eight figures or has done eight figures over the time and all that. Um, what's interesting is you, you mentioned that most of your videos, your most popular videos are when you talk about business stuff, but you have nothing to sell that has to do with business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it makes me wonder, like, you ever think that perhaps you're fucking up? like maybe you should sell something to help people with business. Cause it's not about just like selling something to try and make money off of whatever. Like obviously people want that help and like need that. And if you figured something out, maybe you could help them with that and charge for it. Why do you not do business stuff? Is it cause you just don't give a shit and you want to help people get fit and that's the most important thing to you or like what's, what's going on there? 
Dude, I struggle with this all the time. So it's like, <clears throat> I truly want the, my, I truly want trial performance training to be, I mean, I want to sell it for something like a huge number. And if it's not a huge number, I, I, I'd like to just passively always make a good amount of money from the app. And it's sure. not even just because like, I'm someone who's like money hungry. It's more of like, dude, I've been doing this for fucking ever. And yeah. it's like, if I get, if I get to the point where it makes a lot of money and I can always have that income, like that's yeah. great. And if nobody yeah. wants to buy it for a number I'm comfortable with, then I'm happy to have that. Right. But a lot, but along the way, and I think it's mainly because we're in a genre of fitness where like everybody has been broke forever. And there really was like not a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money that yeah. like, everyone's like, well, why the fuck is he making so much money? Like I remember when I was making like, I think I, I don't know. I can't remember what year it was. It's probably like six years ago, seven years ago, where I was making like 40 grand a month on eBooks. And everybody was like, thought that like, I was fucking stupid for trying to sell eBooks and thought that like, why is he selling eBooks? Like I was getting made fun of and all this stuff for like making kind of like marketing videos. And like, yeah. I just was like, okay, that's cool. Like whatever you can laugh, do whatever you fuck you want, whatever. Um, I had already been humiliated for, you know, trying to murder judges or people had some, something to say about me, like failing drug tests or whatever it was, which I never did, by the way, that was just a misunderstanding between me and the fucking wherever the meetup spot was. So, mm. uh, anyway, I just remember just being like, okay, whatever. And then like a couple of years had gone by and I had like a million dollars in my bank account. And I remember just being like, all right, well, this is really cool now. Like I'm starting to make a lot of money. And then I started getting like more and more into it. I wound up getting, I wound up just randomly messaging uh, Alex Ramosi one day on Instagram and just being like, hey, like I'd like to have you on for a podcast because someone told me he'd be a good person to talk to. And this at the time he had like maybe 10,000 followers and I had seen a bunch of his ads. And then I was like, okay, like I'm just going to message him, see if he wants to do the podcast. He said, yes. And I was like, well, like, when do you want to do it? And he's like, I could do it like whenever. And I was like, well, I'll fly to Texas tomorrow and meet you because that's where he was. And he's like, sure. And then I don't think he thought I was serious, but I like literally 20 minutes later, I showed him a ticket. And I was like, I'll be there tomorrow in the morning. And he's like, fuck, okay, cool. Yeah. So he gives me his home address, which I thought was interesting. I go to his home address. I'm supposed to do the podcast that day. Instead, we go to his garage. We start working out. We start like talking. I wound up staying for like three days and we did it on like the third day. So, yeah. so I wound up just becoming friends with him. And it was the first time I'd ever heard someone talk about numbers that just made me feel like I was in like just unbelievably insignificant. Like he just was like, Oh yeah, I have this one company that's doing like 1.2, like a month or whatever. And I was like $1.2 million a month. And then, <laughs> and then like, he had like, these like little, like, like for him, it was like, fun little side things that were making like 50 grand a month and all these things. And I remember just being like, Holy fuck. Like I just need to be around different people apparently. Cause like now just even what I was making at the time just made me completely change my mindset completely. Like what's then, possible. Yeah. yeah. Cause you know, it's like when you're around everybody, that's like where I'm trying to like full circle the story is like, I think I remember living with Kenny for instance. And I remember thinking, he was sponsored by Nike. And I was like, holy fuck, that's nuts. You know, he's sponsored by Nike. And then I, I remember him telling me like, he was getting 10 grand a year for being sponsored by Nike. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, 
I guess that's the limit. You know, you get a sponsor right. for like t- 10 grand, which obviously we all knew that like LeBron was getting like 99 million that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like in the sport that I was in and what I was doing, like that was the limit. And then it's, I started to just kind of meet other people throughout the way and kind of like figure out smaller, like little things that I could do and shift to. And I think one of the, one of the biggest things for me that really opened my eyes a lot was probably, probably like two or three years ago. Now I broke my bicep tendon doing muscle ups in the gym. And from that point, I remember recovering from the injury and I literally was getting to the point where it was just like, I don't want to do CrossFit anymore. I just like, I just don't want to do it. And when I was recovering, it was like, I wanted to do it because like, that was all I had really known, but I couldn't do it because my arm was fucked up. And it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do any sort of like dynamic movements. I'm not going to be doing Olympic lifting. I'm not going to be doing any of these things. Mm -hmm. And it was like, all right, well maybe, you know, I'll start body, like doing like a bodybuilding routine to at least get my muscle back and then see what I want to do after that. So I started like a bodybuilding regimen, but then like quickly realized that, you know, I, I couldn't just do like a chest and tricep day, a back and bicep day, like all these normal days that you would do because there'd be so many movements that I couldn't do. So I started looking into like, you know, like what really makes a good bodybuilding routine. And it's really just the amount of volume that you're doing per muscle group per week. And it's like, how many sets are you really doing per muscle per week? And I was like, all right, well, I'm pretty sure that I could spread this out throughout the week and maybe right. just do a, like a full body routine every single day. And it was against the norm. And I remember just like looking at it on paper and I was like, all right, well, I got 20 sets per week of this muscle and this muscle and this muscle and everything's, we should be good. So I did it for a few months, like four months and I got all my muscle back. And I remember just being like, holy fuck, this is a whole different style of training that I've never seen before. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it on the app for all of my people and just kind of like see what happens. Like I'm really, really scared and I was really scared to put a bodybuilding routine on my like yeah. functional fitness app. Sure. And at the time, all of the members on my app were like all CrossFit. Right. And within two years, 70% of the people on the app all do the bodybuilding program and only 20% right now do the CrossFit program. And then I have 10% that do this like glute program that I created. So like two years later, 70% bodybuilding. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, this tells me two things, right? It's like everybody from CrossFit is completely broken and just like needs to change the training that they're doing. And I'm just attracting a completely different crowd who like, who like certain things in their training. But mostly a lot of people were telling me like, dude, like I switched to FBA and I look amazing. I feel amazing. I call it FBA. It's called full body aesthetics. And it's just kind of like, I wanted to think of a cool marketing term for it, but it's basically full body training just in my own way. That is not really the norm. So did you get, sorry to cut you off, but did you get a lot yeah. of new members too, that were interested in bodybuilding or did the CrossFit people that you already had just switch? A lot of CrossFit people switched. I got a lot of new people in general. And then I got, a, I have a lot of people who just like, don't even know what CrossFit is. They don't know what chalk is. Yep. They don't know who Ryan Fisher is. None of that stuff. Hmm. I mean, I spent a lot of money on fucking advertising. I spent like, I spent right right now, I spend 30 grand a day on ads. So, (laughs) like, I mean, I get a lot of new customers like all the time. I didn't always spend 30 grand a day. Like, I've gotten to the point where like that's a new thing for me now. 
probably as of like a probably like two weeks ago now is when I started hitting like that point. And yeah, so I mean, I, I, I get a lot of people who don't know who I am all, all the time, which is interesting to me too. So like yesterday, I'm in a Slack group with like the whole team. And uh, I just, yesterday, I just randomly asked, I was like, hey guys, like what's making more money? Is it my Instagram or is it the chalk Instagram? Just like, just, just wondering. Yeah. And they're like, they're like 98% of your sales come from the chalk Instagram. Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool because yeah. then because like recently i've been stressed stress- makes more of a sellable business not even about being sellable it's just like for me i stress every day and i think a lot of us do maybe some of you guys do i just stress about making content i'm just like fuck dude like yeah i gotta make another dope ass reel or i gotta make another video or i gotta like you know i gotta keep up with the joneses of the people right now who are like fucking blowing up on youtube and this and that and like why didn't i do youtube in the beginning or like why am i like not uploading youtube shorts all the time why am i not doing this why am i not doing that and it's like dude you're not even fucking that cool anymore the brand is <laughs> and it's yeah. like fuck that's a, a very very just liberating it's a, problem it's that's a good thing yeah. thank you for that word liberating feeling i was just like fuck you like i mean fuck yeah, this is awesome that like, I don't have to stress about who I am as much. It would be very good if I could still build a personal brand and drive yeah. more traffic to yeah. it. But now bringing the full thing into full circle now is like now for the first time ever, if the brand is really going to take off without me, I would like to go and do some business stuff um, and, and start to get into that field. The ROI, sorry, the ROI on 30, sorry, the ROI on 30 grand a day that, I'm still learning. I'm still, must be I'm still tough to get. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's all, it's, it's all, you got to just break it down. Yeah. Like, you got to break just, down like, how much are you paying per lead? Right. And then how much is that person going to stick around for averagely? And he knows what, how to break all that down, but yeah, it's something you just scale as time goes. Uh, so one, one thing that I thought was interesting, uh, when you talk about like the FBA, like the full body aesthetics, doing a different body part every day in the bodybuilding routine and this getting the volume over the course of a week. Um, do you have, similar thoughts as far as like crossfit training goes and this let me explain because because i do (laughs) all right so basically you know some people are advocates you know especially if there's like whatever say a strength opponent and then a a metcon the same day is you know it's like if you do squats and then in the metcon they do some sort of you know like a shit ton of wall balls or some shit like that and it's like the same body part you're just hammering to the ground and i always thought that was silly um i i've been a much bigger advocate of um doing everything every day and keeping volume um at a limit per day to where you can do everything every day and over the course of weeks and over the course of months you hit the same volume but not necessarily in the same day um maybe not necessarily for competitors but i think for the everyday person that that's a more uh sensible thing to do because the simple fact is that most gyms per, you know in particular like not everybody goes every day and so if they go three days a week and even if those three days vary or whatever you know if they show up one day and it's all one kind of movement pattern another day and it's all that other movement pattern um you know that's not going to be nearly as beneficial or it's gonna you know it's just different situation than if you get a little bit of everything every day dosed appropriately right so is that kind of the same theory with the um, full body aesthetics and do you think that same thing applies to functional training or no so full body aesthetics is not going off the same theory that you're going off of it's really just going off of just like 
like uh, Dr. Mike is relative from RP strength. He has a really good graph. He has a really good graph on like how many sets you can do per muscle group per week. You can't really do. And sure. what I mean by that is like, he's like, you know, like side delts can hit like fucking 30 sets per week. Like your chest and your back or like they top out at like around 20 sets per week. So like for people listening right now, you're like, what the fuck does that mean? 20 sets per week. It's like, all right, well, let's just say you work out five days per week and you do three sets each time. That's 15 sets. If you right. did four, you would hit 20 sets. So like when you start looking at intermediate programs, beginner programs, advanced programs, you start to see that like a beginner program is three days per week and you're doing three to four sets per exercise, which winds up being around 10 sets, which is exactly what a beginner is. And then an intermediate person winds up, you know, going to the gym four days per week, they wind up hitting 15, 15 sets and so on and so forth. So I go off of, of, of that, of that science-based stuff with my stuff. However, for the CrossFit realm, you, you spread those sets out throughout the week instead of all in one day. Yeah. So like, in, so what I mean by that, for example, for the listener is like, essentially, instead of, you know, doing a bro split, which is like a chest and try back and by leg day. And then you do that like twice per week, essentially, instead of hitting like 10, 10 sets in one session, and then doing that twice where you're just completely destroyed and you can't really walk and all that on a leg day. I just separate all of it out. So by the end of the week, you still hit the same amount of volume. You're not getting a sore per session you're able to have a higher output per movement per session because you're only doing one exercise, one thing for chest, back, arms, legs, one fucking exercise. Sure. So because of that, you get a lot more, lot more output. Now on the CrossFit side of things, I think you're working off of a completely different set of skills. You're working off of an intensity, um, intensity sure. as the, as the, as the main driver versus the actual amount of volume, because you just can't get a lot of volume in in a CrossFit workout, especially in the time frame, because they're spending 20 minutes warming up. You have 40 minutes to work out. Typically, people are only going three days a week, probably on average. And then, yeah, by the end of the week, if they've done legs consider, con consistently throughout the week, then they've maybe hit 10 sets. So their legs might wind up getting bigger. However, that's why a lot of people have no upper body in CrossFit, really, like if, if, if they're not coming from like a sports background. I think there's a couple things that is really confusing with CrossFit. All of the bodies that everybody wants, they all came from like a bodybuilding or a professional athlete background of some sort. They came in, they changed their diet and they're doing it high intensity. If anything, they weigh less now. So they're more shredded and they look insane. CrossFit did not do that. They wound up doing high intensity exercise, changing their diet, eating less calories overall, and they look insane. A beginner comes in and they didn't do shit in the gym the entire three years they were working out. They just like talked to their friend, did a set here, right. did a set there, no intensity at all. So what happens is they have intensity in their training. They're not increasing the volume. It's just higher intensity, more work done in a less period of time. They wind up looking really good. However, they're going to just basically experience newbie, like the newbie gains. And after six months, they're going to be like, well... I'm not getting any bigger. I'm not getting any stronger. My gym's programming sucks. My genetics suck. I should be on steroids. This, that, blah, blah, blah. It has nothing to do with the Sorry. fact that you stay up Which all night eating cheese. May all be true. Yeah. Huh? So I mean, may all be true for that individual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, I think CrossFit is it's it's really it's almost impossible to measure what you're doing. So I would say by doing CrossFit, you can get in really good shape, but you don't know for sure. Like sure. when I, even when I was a CrossFitter and I would CrossFit every day, 
it was more of like, I would go through times where I'd look at myself in the mirror and I was like, fuck, I look really good. And then other times I'd be like, I look really bad. And, and I had no idea why. And it would just be because I was doing more volume and then less volume, or I was probably overtrained and needed a week off or needed a few days off. And I'm sure I was like overreached a few times, overtrained a few times. Um, and yeah, your body just goes through ebbs and flows. But once you can measure it, it's just yeah. so much easier. Like if someone was going to pay me, like I have a, I have a, a one-on-one coaching program and we charge like $3,600 for it for 12 weeks. And at no point, like whenever someone's like, you know, I want to do, if someone's on the phone and they say they want to like compete in CrossFit, I'm like, bye. I don't There's even care some- how much, I don't even care how much money you give me because I already know like one, you're never going to be happy with any of the training. You're always going to want more. And you're never going to get to your goal because you always overtrain. So like, I don't even want to talk to you. You're like not the ideal client. Right. No, you got to pick, your time your your time is, you know, your time and energy can be focused on things that, you you know, like that. Yeah. Not necessarily for competitors, but just from within the, like a gym environment and just for the same reasons, honestly, you mentioned for the, the FBA training, right. As far as like, you don't have to be dog shit sore all the time. You don't have to, you know what I mean? You can, you can get that volume. You can spread it out throughout the week. You can actually get more sets in and more reps in. If you spread, you know, if you limit something to say 40 to 75 uh, reps per day at most, you can do those movements multiple days in a week and not feel like dog shit and actually get in more volume over the course of that time. Right. And just be more like a, a more reasonable type of thing, you know? It's just fun because a lot of times injuries come from um, like excessive use of one particular movement pattern. Right. So yeah, it's just fun for most people. I think like it it really just comes down to the factor. Yeah. Also, I think people, I think people like showing up and being told what to do and being done in an hour and they get the average person gets a lot more done in that hour than they would if they went to the gym on their own 100%. and just kind of pull around, right? Yeah, so. I, I think, yeah. And I think the main message of CrossFit is built around that, you know, that young professional person or well, even older person. It's more, it's made, that's what it's all based around. Well, right? Yeah, there is a competitive side, but that's not what it's based around, right? I mean, there's also different levels of, yeah. of CrossFit and where you can, but I think the most, yeah, I think the general person that goes to a CrossFit gym is there to, not have to worry about it what's done in the affiliates and what people do who want to compete in it are completely different things or should be be completely different yeah unless yeah unless you have a gym that coaches like every person there is a competitor then you're gonna have a lot of hurt people and you're gonna have a lot of issues but (laughs) be broke i think uh, i think crossfit does a good job of teaching you how to work hard and then the functional fitness part of it but i agree with ryan in that you're not going to look like these guys if you didn't do any sort of bodybuilding or no. power building as he, as he calls it. Um, Dude, CrossFit higher. is a fucking, it's a CrossFit's a maintenance program. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking maintenance program. Like there's not enough volume in it for the average person to actually get any sort of like real muscle gain. And if you're no. someone who looks insane already before you go into it, you can do all that stuff and your body's not going to change very much you'll maintain and you'll probably change your diet and eat less and all of that stuff. And well, you're going to get leaner. You're going to get leaner, but you're not really yeah. getting bigger from the program. No. Cause well, the, when the cardio intensity is always red line, your muscle is going to burn before the fat anyway. Correct. Well, I, correct, everyone? well it just uh, also depends on how much strength work are really, you doing in your programming. 
Yeah, that's and also yeah. like it's a kind of subjective. Yeah, but like your average like Metcon isn't going to put on a ton of size on you. No, back. Yeah. Yeah. If you base, if you're stacking it with like a you know some kind of strength work every day, like it's not impossible to gain. You need better oh, yeah. eating a lot of food though, and then better eating the right stuff. You better be taking care of your body to get some kind of gains. But there's obviously a lot faster and easier ways to gain size and lean. Yeah, mass if your goal, CrossFit. if your goal is to gain size and lean mass, then there's better ways to do it. Hundred percent. Sure. It's yeah. a oh, it's it's a maintenance program for an intermediate to advanced athlete. It's a great right. program for a beginner. Right. Agreed. Exactly. I, 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 agree. I agree with that. Uh, so, someone, sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Danny. Oh, I was going to say, so then, you know, so you're, you're going through this whole thing that the meeting Alex Hormozzi is a very interesting story. It just, I don't know if it was before the eBooks or after that type of thing, but um, you know, you mentioned like when you first launched your online program, right? Like you, you had a gym, you're doing that. And then you launched your online program. And the first week you launched your online program, you basically matched or exceeded what you were making doing personal training, you know, for that. What was that first step? Like, what was the, okay, I'm going to take this program online. Like, what was the, like, how did you get that initial batch of clients? Was it through your personal social media? Was it from, you know, whatever, just like kind of what was that? Maybe someone's listening to this and they're running a gym and they're fucking tired of doing that. And, uh, and they're sitting there and they go, okay, well, you know, where step one to where you're at now, right? There's been, it's been a long journey and lots of different ups and downs and ebbs and flows. Like what was the first thing to like, all right, I'm going to launch this program and do it. Here's how you got your first batch of clients. There was a girl who trod for work and she was at my gym for like the third or fourth time. And she's like, Ryan, I just think that you have such a unique yeah. style of programming. Uh, Cause one of the things that I always did at my gym is I never really did a lot of right. Olympic lifting. I always did a lot more squats, deadlifts and presses with the sure. conditioning because I knew that the, I knew the average person like wasn't really going to be good at Olympic lifting and it was going to take a lot of learning for them. And I just, I did really cool combinations of training stuff. So she was just like, I really think you should put your workouts online. I think people would buy it. I just like, I just think you should do it. And she, she was so adamant about it that she actually went and made an online Facebook group for me. I still can't even take her out. <laughs> she's yeah. like, still, she's still the admin. <laughs> and I've messaged her and she doesn't message me back, but I'm just like, Ghosting you. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? Worst case scenario, and it doesn't make that much money. I don't fucking know. So I remember just, so I use Wattify for the gym and I remember just calling Wattify and I was like, hey, can I just make like a separate location? That's called Chalk Online. And then I'm going to put it online. And at the time, at the time, like I was building a gym that was really not a normal gym. Like I had all Olympic lifting plates, like it was super fancy. And a lot of people started following it just because they just thought it looked cool. And then I would always post workouts here and there. And people would be like, oh, that's such a cool workout. Like, how do I do the training, whatever. Yeah. So I kind of like built up this like very like slow bit of like blue balls for everybody kind of thing yep. where all the other CrossFit gyms at the time were all putting their workouts online. You just go to like the water of the day. You can see everyone's workout every day. When I opened my gym, I was like, I am never going to do that. That just seems really like, why would I do that? Cause I remember I used to go to people's like, I, I would go to like Matt or Ben Bergeron's website. Like when I first started CrossFit or Invictus and just be like, Oh, let's see what the workout is for today. Maybe me and the boys will do it. But I was like, no one's doing that with my fucking workouts. I sit in the coffee shop for like my entire weekend trying to make these fucking things. Why would I give them away for free? So I was the only person that did that to the point where people would literally call my gym and be like, what's the workout today? And they were from like fucking Norway. And I was like, the workout is like fucking stop calling me. Like, you know how much money this phone call costs? Yeah. So when, 
when all of this was happening and this girl was telling me to put the workouts online, I had a small bit of belief, not a lot, like probably 10% belief in myself that this would make a lot of money. Um, and then I just, I, I told my developer, I was like, Hey, can you just like go on the website and say, here's the workout of the day. And when they click on it, a sad face kind of flips and just says members only. And then I remember going on Instagram. They didn't have stories at the time yet. I just like made a post and I was like, if you guys ever want to follow my program, here you go. And I remember that day I made $4,000 and I was like, holy fucking shit. This is insane. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I had like imposter syndrome a little bit where I was like, Naturally. I don't yeah, I just was like, I don't feel comfortable like telling everyone to follow my program because like I didn't win the CrossFit Games. Like I wasn't Rich Browning. I wasn't like Matt Frazier, any of these people. So I just kind of like let it do its thing for a while. And I remember it, it got up to like $30,000, $40,000 a month or something crazy. And I was like, I need to start like talking about this because everyone else is anyway. So like, why would I not? Yep. And then once I, once I started doing that was when everything started to take off. Very cool. So, I mean, I, I mixed in, I mixed in like me talking about it. Plus also like paid advertising and stuff. Sure. And yeah. And kind of learn, learn the ropes as you go. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy. All right. So I think, uh, so if someone's interested, probably time to kind of wrap it up here pretty soon. Someone, someone's interested in the program. They want to know more about you, know more about chalk performance. How, how can they find you? What can they do, Ryan? Uh, if they want to, you know, find me, it's Ryan fish on Instagram. Um, if you want to know more about the training programs, you can just go to chalk perform chalk dot performance training. And yeah. I got, I got one question because I got in a fight about this over American Thanksgiving with my girlfriend's parents. <laughs> and I know you're going to be super passionate. American Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. By the way, Dylan's in Canada. Yeah. I'm in Canada. Canada. Um, canola oil. Huh. Why is it shit? Cause I, I, I was trying to tell them don't use it. Like it sucks. Cause Ryan always says it sucks. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't have a good enough argument, but why is it shit? Dude, it's literally like the stuff that it's mixed with, like the color of it is so disgusting. They, they need to use like ammonia and like all these other things to kind of change the color of it. And then like, what's its original this, color clear. Dude, it's like a, it's like a dark, like cement color. Oh fuck! Yeah. I don't use it, but I, I, that's it's, crazy. I didn't know that. It's so fucking gnarly. I mean, one of the greatest things I'd ever heard was like basically but the processing of it is the is a big issue. It's a really big issue, and like the quality of it's not very good. It's like super super high in omega six. Plus, like our brain is made up of like majority fat. So like I remember like one of these like scientists who who just study brains, and they were literally just like, you know, the higher quality fat you have is like having bricks building your house and the lower quality fat you have is like styrofoam. So like, as you ingest like more that. and more low quality fats, you basically are just constructing a brain made out of styrofoam versus bricks. And it's like the lower quality fat you have, even as like you're a child and you start developing your brain, they show that like, you just don't wind up becoming the same person as the people who had higher quality fats. What? It's like, it's pretty intense. Like when you start to get into it on that level, yeah. obviously, obviously like, there's levels to it where like you can stress about it so much where it's probably not good for you either. I've definitely had like eating disorders about it. <laughs> and then, and I've also had times where I'm just like more flexible, but yeah, it's just, it's probably the gnarliest one out there. And like rapeseed oil is basically like the same thing. I really like the carnivore MD guy. Cause he talks about this stuff a lot. Right. Um, 
yeah, I think he's a great person to follow for a lot of the oils and all that stuff. But that's like all he ever talks about. Have you seen him? Yes. Is that the uh, uh, the guy that's like anti like kind of anti vegetable in general almost? Is it that yeah, guy? Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. If you're eating vegetables, you're a fucking idiot guy. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what though? It got me into like looking at what his message is, you know. And I get what he's, and I understand some of the saying. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to argue with him, but it's just uh, I do like some of the stuff he says though for sure. Ryan yeah, had a good got my uh, attention. Ryan had a perfectly timed stop eating liver rant too that came out probably at the best time ever. <laughs> liver King got busted. Uh, that was did, did. did he get busted though? Because yeah. like, well, we well knew, I mean, but... like, well, I mean, like, I meant like, Every yeah, we shot. knew this motherfucker was on shit. Like, <laughs> it wasn't busted to me, I guess. Dude, I it bothers know. me so much though that like anybody thought he was legit. Yeah. Like, I, no, I sure. went on, I was on Mark Bell's podcast. And he literally, like, we talked, like, after the podcast, he's like, dude, I hung out with him for a whole week. Like, the dude's fucking legit. And oh, I'm just like, Come on, I'm Mark. like, dude, I, like, slightly hate you right now just <laughs> for saying this. Like, stop it. And, and he's, then, a, he's charismatic. He's got charisma. And that way, and we saw his little game plan, right, on those emails. He's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this so I can build this. And it's like, the dude's calculated and he's fucking smart. And, it, you know, and it worked out for him. You know, he made fucking $100 million doing it, whatever. But... That guy's just not fucking gonna, annoying. He's not going to live very long. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. not with, a, not with that no, regimen. No chance. Not with that regimen. Uh, the, the IGF one alone is dangerous. Very dangerous. Well, the 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 best part about it is the uh, is the um, the promotion of uh, longevity. Right, it's kind of his message by eating this way and having longevity. Well, <laughs> bro, you got like you're going to be like 65, and that's going to be the end of the road <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think one of the most like if you want to hear another really good analogy is I remember because now I'm 36 years old and I I I contemplate going on TRT all the time now just because my levels are actually actually are pretty low. Yeah, sure. And regardless of what anyone thinks about me, I actually never have taken steroids, but like I'm very open about the fact that like right now I'm contemplating it. Yeah. And like I remember, so Alex Ramosi, one of his good friends, doc, this guy Dr. Cashy, he's like he made steroids for like a lot of the Olympic team and stuff in Europe. And he's just like a super insanely smart guy. And he broke it down for me. Cause I asked him about it. I was like, dude, do you think like, if I take this, I'm like, I'm not going to live as long or like, you know, like I'm like stressed about all these different things. Wait, he's I, like, if I, if I get on it or I have to stay on it the rest of my life. Like all these, God, questions, you know, like, all these, there's all these that side of things. Yeah. I think we all have questions and it's basically, I, I probably had all the same ones and I asked him and he was like, listen, it's not the steroids that make you die sooner. He's like, imagine the, he's like, imagine a, a, a five bedroom, 5,000 square foot house. He's like, and it has like a microwave oven to heat up the whole house. <laughs> or every single room has like its own fireplace. So he's like, our bodies only have like one set of organs. And the bigger you are, the more overworked those organs are going to get to keep the house warm. So he's like, it's not the steroids that kill you as much as it's the act, the absolute body weight that you're at. So like, he's like, if your natural body weight is 160, 170 pounds, and now you're 220, you're going to die from being 220. You're not going to die from taking the drugs. Hmm. So I thought I that was like super, I thought that was that super interesting. I think that's super interesting. I think the other side of it too is just like the uh, the volume, the amount, right? It's like 
if a uh, normal range for testosterone for a male is whatever is massive, it's like whatever, 250 to a thousand or something crazy like yeah, that. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, if, if you are your natural, if your levels are down around 300, whatever, if you take enough exogenous testosterone that increase your levels to 800, that probably will not have such a negative effect on your longevity because you're still within that nurse at the high end of normal. However, if you take enough that shoves your levels up to 1800, 2000, well, now you're double the high end of normal. That for sure will have a negative impact on health and longevity, right? So it's not, it's not the doing it um, that's so bad. It's the quantity then and so when people are doing it for the wrong reasons if someone's doing it for the right you have naturally low levels and you're not feeling good like all the different things and so you're doing it for those reasons and you just take an amount that puts you at the in the within the normal range or even towards the high end of normal that's an entirely different thing than someone's doing it and then are trying to do more and more and more to get more and more and more results that aren't about health right so doing it for the health reasons and doing it for other reasons are completely uh, change the entire situation as well. Yeah. I mean, I want to look sick at 40, but I also don't want to like die at 70. So, right. That's kind of, who had a great take on the, it. Yeah. <laughs> when the liver king got out and who had a great take on it was uh Dave Asprey, right. The bulletproof coffee guy. Anyway, he was, he was, his was pretty good. You should go watch on Instagram. Um, his like a real, I think basically came out and was like, Hey, you know what? He's doing steroids. So am I, I've been doing this since I was 26, but I've been telling you I've been doing it since I was 26. And I've been writing yeah. I've been about it and writing about it. And like, I'm not lying to sell you something. Selling, yeah, right. And it's like nine, saw, nine yeah. ancestral tenants. Dude. Yeah. yeah dude, anyway. <laughs> so, interesting. Take. I saw, I saw, I saw that video. He had like his shirt off. And it was stuff. pretty funny. Yeah. And he's like, look yeah. at me. I'm 60. <laughs> he's like, I want that. <laughs> It was, it was interesting. I want that Stallone body from Tulsa, man. That guy yeah. still fucking got it. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, Stallone's is, yeah, Stallone's a savage. So sa so. straight savage. Yeah, yeah I really like the way. It's been a lot of fun. Dude, it's been a lot of fun, Ryan. We'll get you back on. Maybe talk yeah. more about nutrition side of stuff. You know, down the road here, and uh, yeah. you know, the, we like to keep these things within an hour so people don't get you know too bored. But there's a lot more to talk about. I feel like with you, and we had a really good time, kind of learning about some business stuff and some you know your what you got going on and kind of some past history too but yeah it's been fun thank you appreciate it thanks for coming on brother right. thank you yep have a good day take care